It's a bit like the checkout experience being stuck in single player mode for 20 years. And if you're a gamer, imagine only having one control pad for 20 years and all of a sudden your mate comes over and plugs in player two and, you know, the world of gaming comes to life. Without a doubt, the most exciting direction we've taken this in is the ability for you to effectively have a buy now, pay later relationship with your friends and family. We all have good ideas every minute of the day and most of the time you think, well, I can't execute on that. But this one we knew we could, so we did. Welcome to Add to Cart, the podcast that Express delivers all you need to know in the fast-moving world of e-commerce. Every month, Nathan Bush from 12 High and an e-commerce industry expert will share the news, research and insights that you need to know to keep you at the top of your game. And of course, keep your customers adding to cart. Hello and welcome to Add to Cart. My name is Nathan Bush, host of Add to Cart and director at e-commerce talent agency eSuite. Have you ever had those ideas which you know are knock-out-of-the-park ideas, but you just did, well, nothing? Today's guest had one of those amazing ideas on the couch when his wife was trying to buy underwear. No, it wasn't that kind of idea, you sicko. It was an idea that could significantly change online payments. And instead of doing nothing, he had a working prototype done and dusted within 48 hours. Today, he secured his first round of investment. Today's guest on Add to Cart is Matt Holm, who's the CEO and the founder of UPay. UPay is less than a year old, but it's a really exciting concept which allows users to share their filled-out checkouts, including sizing, variants, addresses, shipping details, and then have others pay on their behalf. Think gifting for partners, buying office equipment, or authorizing kids' payments. It's a great idea and one that seems so simple. And it was so simple that I had to ask Matt why no one else has done this before. Prior to UPay, Matt has run a digital agency where he and his team have built over 8,000 websites, and he still looked relatively sane in my opinion. He's also got a fascinating background as a proper FIFA video game nerd who got a job with EA Sports and successfully sold his gaming website. So thanks to our partners Shopify Plus and Signet, here's our conversation with Matt Holm from UPay. Matt Holm from UPay, welcome to Add to Cart. Yeah, cheers, Nathan. Great to be here. Big fan of the show. Uh, listen every Monday night when I'm vacuuming the house. So um, <laughs> normally I'm a big fan. Obviously, the jury might be out a little bit on this week's episode. We'll have to wait and see. But um, you know, just one of those habits I've formed. But yeah, definitely Add to Cart's top of the list of podcasts that I listen to. So. Good to be oh, thank here. you, mate. I'm sure it's going to be a ripper episode, and um, I can highly recommend vacuuming and listening at the same time. Now, yeah, we are, tough. for anyone watching the video, and we don't release a whole bunch of videos, but we're both wearing UPay shirts, but I feel like I've got version one and you've got version two. Yeah, that's it. You've got the original, actually be a collector's item now for the yes. uh, brief um, couple of weeks when we had the more corporate colors we, we kind of change even though i'm not displaying it now i've got the kind of monotone version but the upay logo is more fun which kind of better paints our uh, you know our target market and the demographic that we're going after beautiful well i'm going to take this off straight away after we finish this recording put it in like a ziploc bag yep. and then put it away for 10 years and then cash yep. in later <laughs> exactly <laughs> so for our listeners who haven't heard of upay can you fill us in on what upay is yeah, yeah, sure thing. I mean, the quick one-liner for UPay is that UPay makes it easier to buy together online. It's actually incredibly simple. We've obviously got some some big plans and some big goals as to what we're going to do with this technology, but 
effectively UPay is just a link that you can create at the checkout that you can then pass on to someone else to pay for your order. So a great use case is gifting. Yeah, it just makes it incredibly convenient to have someone else execute the payment at the very end of that buying journey in the checkout. Because it's a lovely concept. When you first told me about it was when I got really interested when you said that you can go all the way through to a checkout, you can fill out all the details, select the product, select sizes, any variants, even put your address in, your, your shipping details in. And at that point, there's actually no way to share that checkout or that cart. And you've created a way to share that. So someone else can finish, come in and finish the last step, which is just fascinating because of every other part of the e-commerce website, we've got ways to share it. Well, that's it. But we haven't been able to share the most valuable part. That, that's so true. And, and a great analogy that I've been starting to, to uh, share is the, the concept of um, almost like introducing multiplayer mode to the checkout. So it's a bit like the checkout experience being stuck in single-player mode for 20 years. And if you're a gamer, imagine only having one control pad for 20 years and all of a sudden your mate comes over and plugs in player two and, you know, the world of gaming comes to life. And in many respects, yeah, we're taking the checkout out of single-player mode. Beautiful. What are we playing? Mario Kart, Bond? I'm more of a more of a FIFA mm. sporting type okay. of guy. But then again, anything, even if it was bloody Pong, I remember the first time I played against, I think it was my old man back in, this will date me, like 1988 on an Atari. I said, Dad, sit down and use the other control pad. Once again, it was uh, much more exciting than playing against the computer. (laughs) (laughs) So tell us how you came up with this idea. Give us a little bit about your background and how you came up with this idea. Yeah, I mean, it was only very, very recently. So um, in my background in technology starts way back when I was a kid, which I'll get into in a second. But, But to talk more about UPay, it was about June or July last year kind of a classic COVID um, idea, I guess you could say. So what actually happened was I said to my my, my wife, um, I'll buy you a gift. And so she said, yeah, sure thing. I'll pick something out for you. And she actually picked out um, a bra and undie set from a merchant called Bimby and Roy. And they're on, um, they're on Shopify. Naturally, it wasn't a, a store that I frequented. Um, and basically, she wanted to do all the shopping. So she wanted to pick out the size, the style, populate her cart. And then she actually said, you know, why don't I just share my cart with you? And being from that technical background, I understood that wasn't possible. And basically, even though we were sitting in the same room and all I wanted to do was make the payment at the end and she was very happy to do the shopping, she basically had to pass her phone over to me for me to input the specific MasterCard that I wanted to use at that point in time. And then, yeah, it just dawned on us that, you know, she's an active shopper as we all are and she hadn't seen anything like this. And and I've been building e-commerce websites at my um, web design agency here in Springwood in Queensland for the past... Um, close to 12 years now and there wasn't anything like this on the market and we knew that we had the resources in-house and the technical know-how to make it happen i remember that weekend calling our um senior systems architect clara and saying to her you know is this possible and within basically 48 hours she had kind of a prototype spun up we were able to demonstrate that the technology worked and then would have been less than about four weeks we had an mvp out there running on a on a client of ours website appliance central so you could go ahead and buy white goods pretty much within a month. So, um, yeah, it was just one of those those ideas that, you know, we all have good ideas every minute of the day and most of the time you think, well, I can't execute on that. But this one we knew we could, so we did. It's amazing. Why has no one done it before? Well, it, it does exist in there's basically Alibaba has, we know, little company called Alibaba has <laughs> Alipay and WeChat, etc. So actually, good story because about two weeks into the journey, kind of putting together pitch decks, et cetera, and just playing around with the technology, 
a colleague of mine, Jeff, whose um, family is originally from Taiwan, he's got a lot of connections in China, comes by my desk and says, oh, Matt, it's going to be huge. I use it all the time uh, with my friends in China. And I'm like, oh, wait on, you know, has, has this well and truly been done? I've completely missed it. But um, basically, from, from my understanding with Alibaba and Alipay, et cetera, you've got to have a Chinese bank account. The kind of cultural way that um, e-commerce works over there is they don't want to input their credit card directly into a computer. So effectively, they'll, they'll generate a QR code at the very end of the buying journey, take that QR code or to a machine, and then input the cash or the card into a machine. And basically, it's a two-step peer-to-peer payment method. And Jeff at my office uses it because he doesn't have a Chinese bank account. So he will actually shop at the, the Chinese websites and then share the QR code with his mate who does have it. So he's basically doing this whole peer-to-peer shopping thing. So it's certainly very, very embraced in uh, that part of the world. But no, it simply did not exist in, um, in, in Shopify, didn't exist in WooCommerce and certainly didn't exist over here in Australia. Stationary brand Milligram are the prodigal sons of Shopify. Starting life 10 years ago as a Shopify store before packing their bags for an adventure with another platform, Milligram are back over to Shopify Plus. Milligram now have over 100 employees and four physical stores. So they needed a platform that had integrated content and commerce, reduced technical debt, the ability to have promos live immediately, and most of all, be reliable in peak season. As an added bonus, they were able to optimize their search bar conversion rate from 4% to almost 8% with Shopify Plus. Now that's something to write home to mum about. To read more of Milligram's story and to see other case studies, visit the customer section on shopify.com.au forward slash plus. You mentioned there that the idea started with gifting at its core. So being able to share baskets and have other people transact on your account where have your most popular use cases come from since then? Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's where we're at because, you know, we only are still very new um, and it's exciting and there's so many opportunities for us to learn from our customers and literally see them using it every day and new use cases popping up. So, yeah, certainly you're seeing what you'd classify as classic gifting. Certainly on, you know, our biggest merchant being Appliance Central, I'm seeing people basically almost use UPay as a way of saving the cart at the very, very end and probably, I'm assuming, might even be going home to measure the space. I might be sitting at the desk at work going, yeah, I need a new washing machine, but just not 100% sure that this particular one's going to fit in the space. So they'll generate themselves a UPay link, which is something I never really thought of when we came up with it. So they're generating UPay links and then going home that evening and then executing the payment to basically finish it off. Maybe they're getting a, a second opinion from a partner or a, a, you know, a, a roommate or something like that. Um, we're also seeing uh, it being used a lot in a professional sense. Um, so we've seen a couple of orders come through clearly where someone in Sydney has placed the order for a TV and then clearly that link's been sent back to a UK email address. So effectively it looks like the head office is giving like the all clear. And that really has taken us down the path of you know helping us define our target markets, which um, the good news is we've basically come up with what we say is four Ps. We've got partners, which is the, the classic gifting example, We've got parents, which is another big sector I'll talk about in a second, and, and the way that parents can help their kids shop online while, while approving the orders. And we've got professionals, which is the you know the kind of work from home situation as well, with such a you know diverse spread out system now of people working from home. It used to be that you could place the office works order, basically drop a big box of stationery in the middle of the office and say, Hey everybody, go and grab your pens and pencils and post-its, etc. But now, of course, we need to do, if you've got a team of 17, effectively, you have to do 17 different orders. 
that's where UPay can be used there. And then the final P is purpose, which is another big focus for us of the whole charitable nature of charities being able to populate carts and then disperse those links out for donors to, to execute the payment. Um, so yeah, just, just constantly every day kind of seeing new use cases pop up. Awesome. And I noticed that on your site, you talk a lot about this being an alternative for buy now, pay later. What do you mean by that? Yeah, absolutely. And that that in itself right there is, is really what we're focusing on now and the exciting part of where we're at. Because what we realized is that we've created this really handy tool at the checkout and it made gifting easier. But it was in many respects just a handy checkout tool. But what's happened over the last couple of months is we've realized what our mission really is. And, and to explain that, what I'll say is that I'm not, a, I'm not anti buy now, pay later. I think buy now, pay later is a terrific piece of technology. What I am anti is anti-debt. So by saying that, what what we're really focusing on here is fixing the problem where you know, there's basically an entire generation of consumers coming through where the only form of external payment at the checkout is to effectively take a short-term loan from a financial institution. You know, And as, as a parent myself with three young kids and, of course, as a consumer, that doesn't sit all that well with me. So basically what we're building into UPay and without, without a doubt the most exciting direction we've taken this in is the ability for you to effectively have a buy now, pay later relationship with your friends and family to kind of taking the bank of mum and dad and rebranding it as the bank of family and friends, like the new expanded version of um, letting other people help you. So as an example of maybe I was doing it tough or a bit short on cash one week and I said, hey, Nathan, can you please effectively buy me this this particular product? It might be $100. You might be keen to help me out. But at the end of the day, you might be like, Matt, you've kind of got to pay me back, mate. I'm not a, not a charity here. So what you could do there through the UPay app that we're actively developing is effectively click the you pay me back button, which says, Matt, yeah, I'll buy this product for you, but you've got to pay me back in four installments of $25 every fortnight, which I'm familiar with because I've been exposed to buy now, pay later. But I'm pretty confident that, that the bank of Nathan isn't going to come with any late fees if I ever miss a repayment. You don't um, know me that well. <laughs> that's it. Well, fingers <laughs> crossed. <laughs> you're not going to report me to any credit agencies or you're not going to impact my credit score or have the debt collectors knocking on my door, which, of course, is not always the case with, with buy now, pay later. But, you know, some of the statistics of, you know, that are coming out from ASIC, like 20% of the people that get into buy now, pay later struggle with repayments. And, you know, UPay, I think, is signing up. Sorry, not UPay, I wish, but Afterpay are signing up about 27,000 people a day. Because that's, you know, do a quick math on that one's about four to 5,000 people a day who statistically are going to struggle to repay their, their afterpays. Yeah. So it's almost like before you go into debt with a financial institution, why don't you just do the old-fashioned thing of asking a friend? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so we can see that there's – it's a pretty – not a simple idea, but the idea you're able to get to MVP within four weeks. So we're not talking, you know, a huge building. You've been able to move really fast in what you've developed. It was only – uh, late last year that we were talking in the really early stages. Um, and you can see that there's so many uses of it from, you know, gifting to parents being able to transact on behalf to people being able to loan money between themselves to professionals in the workplace. So that's all all fantastic. Can we dive into a little bit around the practicalities of how this works from an e-commerce perspective? Yeah, I mean, it is. The great thing is that it's so simple to start with. It, it really is a, as an app. So if, if you're a, uh, a like right now, um, we're, we're live. And if you've got a WooCommerce website, if you've got an OpenCart website, the two most popular open source pieces of technology in the e-commerce space, you can go to the WordPress marketplace and download the UPay plugin, install it in your WooCommerce, 
click a few buttons to register, hook up a payment gateway. And that's the cool thing about it as well is that what we're introducing here is not necessarily a new payment provider. We're effectively just a payment connector. So if you're a merchant using WooCommerce uh, and you take your transactions via PayPal, you'll just hook up PayPal to your UPay checkout and just see the UPay link as an external checkout. So just in the same way, you click on the PayPal button to be taken to a PayPal screen to execute a PayPal payment in a WooCommerce environment, that same flow exists for a payer. It just allows for you to separate the shopper from the payer, which has ironically always been there in the checkout. You know, you have the, the shipping details and the billing details. We all just, even if you are borrowing a credit card, you kind of get lazy and just tick that box to say the shipping and billing details are the same. We're actually just kind of doing it properly where we're saying, look, here are the shipping details and we'll bring in the billing details later when we connect you with a payer. Yeah, beautiful. So let's look at both sides of that. So from an e-commerce platform, you mentioned there that you're on WooCommerce at the moment. Is there any plans to expand out of that into platforms like Shopify or Magento or Salesforce? Yeah, yeah, definitely. The reality is we actually have working big commerce and Shopify integrations big commerce where we're just in the process of effectively just getting that approved to be in the app store and that, that's the great thing about those platforms like big commerce and shopify is that you know the closed nature of them is in many respects one of their greatest features because it just makes sure that of course you're not going to have a clunky plugin come into play or an app come into play in the big commerce and shopify world that might break your store so yeah just going through the kind of due diligence process of getting to big commerce shopify probably at mid-year um as you're probably well aware that they're, they're rebuilding their whole shopping payments kind of ecosystem really to to redo that around their whole shop pay interface which is of course an incredibly cool solution that i use every day so it's just a case of kind of many respects kind of waiting and getting into that process which um all going to plan including according to the my mates at shopify should be about the end of q2 so um yeah really keen uh we do have it working as like a private app in, in in shopify but you know we see shopify as Hopefully, at one point in time, we'll be one of our main partners. So we don't want to kind of go in the, the back door and hack UPay into Shopify. But we'll do it right when the time's right at the middle of the year. Yeah, Beautiful. And can you implement it as a custom integration if you've got a custom build as well? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's more – and yeah, we are building a Magento plugin. But yeah, some of the – especially like um, – Commerce Cloud, Salesforce, that's a big one and, and that's more of a custom integration. And, and yeah, that's, that's a great thing from our perspective and where I'm sitting right now is, as I mentioned briefly earlier, this is my uh, web design agency. I started back in uh, 2009 and all we've done for the last, um, what's that now, 12 years is just build literally thousands of websites. So we've literally built 8,000 websites here over that last 12-year <laughs> period of which probably about one to 2,000 have been e-commerce. So that, and that, that was why when I when we came up with UPay, we're like, we can do this because yeah. we do this kind of cool stuff every day for, for other clients. Why don't we do something cool for ourselves this time? Ended up building an entire new <laughs> company in the process. So quickly awesome. got a bit out of control. <laughs> <laughs> and then you're not allowed to have any more ideas, okay? No, yeah. And exactly. then so if we take it forward to the payment side, and so if I'm a retailer at the moment running a site and I've got credit cards, PayPal, and say Afterpay, Mm -hmm. running how does can you pay connect into any of those options when someone passes on their cart to a partner or a boss or someone like that can you still use any of those options that are native in the website 
Yeah, yeah. So right now, as we speak, you'd be able to hook up PayPal. And the cool thing about PayPal is because we've, we've formed a partnership with PayPal Australia, we were actually got a bit of a uh, revenue share agreement in, in place. So not to go into too much detail, but the cool thing there is if you were to hook up PayPal and someone pays a UPay link via PayPal, you just pay your regular fees. And part of those fees are, are shared with us. That's how we generate our revenue. So there's, there's actually zero out-of-pocket cost to offer PayPal as a payment option inside UPay and receive payments. So that's a, a really compelling reason to kind of position UPay as a bit of a no-brainer for a merchant. Uh, we do have Stripe integrations. So we, we charge 3% for a Stripe transaction. And, you know, that's where we're at. Like I said, it's still very early on. It's, um, you know, only eight months into our journey. So we're, we're constantly effectively just integrating eWay, other ways of payments and eventually going down the buy now, pay later path. But that's the kind of fork in the road that we're facing now, especially with the app that we're developing, because really our goal with the entire message of what we're conveying and certainly that target demographic as well of um, the younger generation who should be encouraged to be turning to mum or dad or family or friends before going into debt is that we're more likely to, before we integrate Afterpay, to effectively build our own buy now, pay later solution with that angle I was talking about earlier with, um, you know, using your family and friends as your uh, as your source of funding before you go down the path of getting loans with financial institutions. Yeah, beautiful. So if you've got UPay on the site and you're accepting payments via PayPal with UPay, there's actually no cost to the merchant. No, that, that's right. And that, that's why – and I've always found myself is that PayPal is always the entry-level payment option, mm-hmm. isn't it? You know, first time you ever start off your first little e-commerce store, um, you always throw PayPal in there. That's a great way for us to say to merchants that, you know, yeah, we are new. This is a bit different. We think it's going to work for you. We're actually positive it will work. But look, even if it doesn't, you're not going to be out of pocket. And when it does, actually, it's just like another sale, just going to be another deposit into your PayPal account. It's going to be another transaction in your WooCommerce store that will be sitting there as pending. And then once that payment comes through via PayPal, regular fees come out and that order changes to processing and the, the shopper gets a notification that their their product's now being dispensed. Do you have in the communication to customers on this, if someone sent a you pay link to someone, is there a series of automated messages which might follow up if that recipient of the link hasn't actioned anything? Is there kind of like an almost like an abandoned cart kind of message yeah, sequence? Yeah, yeah. yeah that's the, effectively what we've done there is because, of course, one of the key learnings we've taken away from speaking to merchants is the fact that, of course, some merchants are fine with a UPay link sitting there for a week. Others are selling out of these items quickly and maybe want to put an expiration date on a UPay link, which makes complete sense. So we built that feature in where you can define yourself as a merchant um, how long a UPay link can last for. But then what that becomes is effectively like a sense of urgency because, you know, if I've sent dad a UPay link and I get a notification one hour before it's about to expire that dad still isn't paid for my order, you're going to have effectively your customers acting as your marketing department, effectively sending a series of, you know, almost like an email marketing campaign is going to go out from your customers to your dad saying, come on, dad, um, pay for <laughs> pay for this link because it's about to expire. Another really good, cool feature of UPay is that the merchants are being exposed to two customers for the price of one, which is very unique. They're getting to learn about how their shoppers shop and how the people pay, which is a statistic that that really hasn't been revealed. I mean, just to give you a quick insight onto that statistic, I was speaking to one of the uh, data scientists from one of the, I won't go into too much details just for privacy purposes, but a really major retailer. And they, they asked their um, bank to, to kind of delve into some of the transactional data to just try and figure out which age group they were growing in the best. And so even though this is a fashion retailer, really targeting probably 20 to 30-year-old 
um, they basically came back and said, you're growing out of control on the 55-year-old male demographic. And we're like, well, that, that makes no sense. We don't sell any, you know, none of our customers are in that demographic. But what they realized is that was, in many respects, it would have been the, the fathers or the, the, the uh, yeah, the, the basically the payers executing the payments, which was a, a, a sector there they really didn't have any idea existed, but it clearly does exist because that's what the data that's coming back from the bank was um, telling them. Yeah, that's awesome. So you pass both sets of data back to merchants? Yeah, obviously in, a, in an appropriate way from a privacy perspective, but they do. They get insights into effectively how a shopper shops and a, and a payer pays. Yeah. Brilliant. Now, I expect that there's going to be a level of trust that you've got to build here with consumers. Anything to do with the checkout usually does take a little while to build up trust. How are you going to go about making sure that when people see that you pay button within the checkout, that one, they understand what you pay is and two, that they trust it because even though you're not actually, you know, accepting the transactions on their behalf, it's still in that real security conscious zone, right? Oh, absolutely. And, you know, that's the challenge right now and that's where we're at is, is building up brand awareness, you know, in many respects, that's why I'm here today. And that's that's about educating the consumers that there is now another way to pay before they go into the buying journey because in many respects, you're right, if they first discover the UPay option at the checkout at the very end, they've already decided that, hey, I've, I've got the money myself because why else would you be adding a product to your cart if you didn't think you were going to be able to afford to buy it? So, of course, you know, an Afterpay and, and all of the buy now, pay later providers have done this very well with that little link that sits below the price that says, you know, $100 now or four easy installments of $25 with Afterpay. So, we kind of come in there with a little bit of a creative line that says, or oh, you pay $0 and let someone else pay for you with, <laughs> with, um, with you pay. So, that's kind of our job there is to really get ourselves out there and help educate the consumers that, yeah, there is another alternative. And that's why, you know, kind of the buy now, pay later angle as well is, is really a big push for us too, because especially that younger demographic that's just getting exposed to that on a daily basis to effectively say that you pay can be used with that same buy now, pay later mindset, but it's just a better and a more responsible way of executing a buy now, pay later uh, transaction. Um, that's going to be quite a powerful message. But yeah, just uh, good old fashioned advertising and brand awareness and um exposing as many consumers as possible to the to the UPay messaging is, is the goal over the next 12 months. Yeah, absolutely. And in terms of getting market traction... More, more T-shirts, really. More yeah, T-shirts. Yeah. <laughs> this is a collectible. No, one can, no yeah. one's getting this one. Oh, yeah, um, <laughs> in terms of getting market traction, I still remember in the early days of Afterpay, I was a super retail group at the time and I was lucky enough that it was so early that Nick Molnar was still doing the door-to-door sales <laughs> on Afterpay. Cool. And I met him three times, I think. And each time I was like, yeah, it's interesting. But, you know, the list of priorities was so long. We were replatforming all that sort of stuff. And it was only on the third time that he came in and he showed me a list of all the customers who are actually demanding it. So from a business sense, the first couple of times was all about, you know, it makes sense financially because we're seeing conversion rates like this. And then I feel like Afterpay changed, tacked a little bit and they were like, Actually, no, it doesn't matter anyway because your customers are demanding it. And if you that's, don't yeah, offer this, so true. then your yeah. customers will go elsewhere. And that kind of changed that conversation. How are you going about building that market share uh, for UPay? Are you coming at it from a retail-first perspective or from a customer-first perspective? Definitely customer-first. Uh, I'll explain that in a second. got to say, you've got to get Nick back on your show, hey, because that, <laughs> that'll be an I'm sitting here listening going, wow, tell me more because that's um, 
awesome. You'd get, get them in to tell that story and expand on that because that's that's really insightful. I'll, I'll definitely tune in for that episode. But um, yeah, 100% customers. And then, you know, we're, we're building that kind of flywheel effect. So the way we see it is, yeah, customers, you know, of course, they they want to, to buy things, you know, that's, that's, that's a given. And uh, there's lots of customers out there. And we know that speaking to customers too, the concept of UPay resonates extremely well. They all go, wow, yeah, that's so simple. That's, that's cool. What a great idea. I'm totally going to use that. Where do I download the app from? So we're quickly building an app, going to get it out there in July. The way we see it is customers generate payers, right? So you, here's a customer, here's a payer. What does a payer do? It generates revenue. Revenue goes to the merchants. The merchants are then exposed to UPay. And then what do merchants do better than anything? Create customers. So that's that's the ecosystem, the growth mechanism, the wheel we need to get turning. And you're right. It starts with customers. And yeah, that's that great story, which like I said, I'd love to hear the founders of, of these buy now, pay later solutions expand on further. But yeah, as I understand, it was all about the customers using it at one retailer, then basically going across to the next retailer and say, hey, do you have that zip or afterpay thing? Because I just used it over there. And if you did, I'd buy a bunch of more stuff. And like, oh, well, I better go get Zip and Afterpay. And, and that's ultimately the, the UPay effect that we want to have ourselves as, as, as we get those customers on board. Yeah. Oh, Nick just keeps messaging me and calling me and emailing me going, when can I come on the show, Bushy? And I'm just like, Nick, just, you know, wait till you've proven Afterpay and then we'll, we'll talk about it. Yeah, that's so true. Got to get Matt on there first with UPay. He's, he's, he's six months into his journey. We need to get him on first before exactly, you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> what has been the most surprising thing for you? Now that you've got this live, you've got merchants on board, has there been anything that's come out of this that's really surprised you from where you were initially in getting you pay up to what you've discovered once it's been in the real world? Yeah, it's been, or it's, it's almost been, and I keep harping back to it, it, it is this this focus of of fixing the debt problem. And, and that much bigger picture of, of our mission statement, and I guess that cliched figuring out the why, you know, it all starts with why, and that kind of people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. So we had the what very, very early on. You know, it's a cool little thing at the checkout. And i got to say, you, you would have noticed this when I first talked to you about it, and I was talking to a lot of people, and they tell me about you, pay, and they all have that moment. I get it. That's cool. But we didn't really have that why we were doing it. And that, that, that to me, has just taken us from, you know, a glorified plug-in to a proper company very quickly. And that has really, really sped up the the type of reception, the interest, the sign-ups, the number of customers using it. And it's still very early on, but I'm starting to see that wheel spinning. Yeah. It's extremely exciting. And, um, yeah, I just, I just can't wait to get that app out there, you know, just to give a bit of a a bit of a, a teaser we, we're building in functionality that will allow you to use UPay and every merchant online and offline even if they don't offer UPay, which is cool so i just can't wait to see it in customers hands yeah so good just speaking about getting that wheel turning you've taken on your first round of um venture investment tell us about that process and why you went down that path yeah yeah i mean it was um you know i was i was lucky enough to that you know this isn't my first rodeo and in, in the sense of um, running a, a, a digital company so over the years I've built up a really good network of supporters and, and, and partners you, you could say and and actually that that very first journey of that partnership um, started with um, would have been me back in 2009 still just starting my web design agency working out of my parents real estate office just a little desk there that they said why don't you sit there and in park maybe help around the office with the real estate you know if you never know if this website thing takes off maybe you can you know hire a few more people so 
sat there and then um, our good mate Reese Ferner dropped in one day from Reload. We've had Reese on. That's it, yeah. So early days of building up a partnership network within the Brisbane um, digital community and said, hey, you know, I see you do really affordable websites for small businesses. We do affordable SEO and we should partner up. Why don't you build the websites and we'll do the SEO? And so off we went and um, started, you know, building websites and feeding them over to the team at Reload. And Reese's boss, one of the founders of, in conjunction with Craig, was obviously Lou Jury. And, and now, 12 years later, Lou has a venture capital group called um, Sprint VC. And, and naturally, of course, when I came up with, with UPay, as, as I did ultimately with yourself, mate, I, I started telling people about it. And the very per- first person I told about it was Lou. I told, remember telling Lou uh, in the morning and he was like, mate, I'm going to come by this afternoon to learn more about this. And he was the first person in the office, gave me that reassurance that I wasn't just raving mad and that this really was something. And then, uh, you know, early on when I'm lucky enough to have quite a few people who would be in- interested in investing, it's about taking smart money. And that's absolutely what, you know, Lou's group represents. So it's, you know, just a perfect type of deal to get us this net to us next step, get this app out the door, get the, the product market fit, learn more about our customers with obviously that trust that I've built up over 12 years of doing business with Lou and the people he's associated with. And is the biggest value in that, is it the capital injection to allow you to move quicker or is it the network or is there something else? It, it's a combination of both uh, and it's just about getting just the right amount of funding necessary to take us to where we need to be over this next six to 12 months because we know of the potential and, and what that will achieve and where their valuation will be and the type of, you know, the type of response we should get if we get to that next milestone. And it is, it's also, you know, just the right type of people in that network that, that Lou represents. Beautiful. It's the exposure to the, in particular for us, because I'm obviously if we're doing a fintech, which we are, I'm more of the tech than the fintech, you know, basic payment understanding and working with payment gateways day in, day out for 12 years, but I'm not from the financial sector. And, and Lou's group certainly represents that too. So that was a you know something we definitely needed going into this space. Yeah, absolutely. So we've we've alluded to it a few times. You've got a fascinating background, and and the and it was dropped very early on about being for a single single player versus multi multiplayer game. In the research, I found a photo of you on the Courier Mail from September eleven. Oh, no, that was the first – was that September 11? It's literally the morning of September 11, 2001 Jeez. because, of course, um, being here in Australia, those tragic events all transpired about 11 o'clock at night. So the, the morning of September 11 Australian time, yeah, my uh, young on the front page. 19-year-old face was on the front page next to September 11, 2001 of the Courier Mail. So if you ever go back in time and see what was happening on that um, historic day, you get my ugly mug. <laughs> wow. I don't know. Is that good timing or bad timing? Well, it was it was just a real eye opener. As I was, so yeah, back then that, it ages me, but it would be twenty years to go today. So I was I was nineteen, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I was on the front cover with a bit of a profile about my um, my website that I'd started actually four years earlier. But um, yeah, it was a real eye opener to be on um, be on the front cover. But yeah, just to, to delve into that whole story, I, I started a website. It was a a website based on a video game I was really into as a 15-year-old. So I uh, had a terrible Google ranking because it was 1997 and it was two years <laughs> before Google was invented. But uh, it was a website called Soccer Gaming. So it was all about the FIFA video game. I was a big fan. And, you know, just a bunch of nerdy mates at school all starting a bit of coding and doing things. And at the time, there was a website called Geocities, 
Yep. You can get a whopping two megabytes of free space and you can start a website. And ironically, you could also even start a, a business and a whole career with two megabytes of free space back in those days. And that's exactly what I did. So I started soccergaming.com. It was a fan site around FIFA. For those of you who are gamers and like FIFA way back then, the great thing about FIFA right now is all their licenses. So if you're playing as Manchester United, you wear the authentic Manchester United kit with the, the right logos and right sponsors, etc. But back then, EA didn't have all the licenses. So Man U would run out with a red jersey. That was it. Hmm. So what my website did was let people effectively uh, mod FIFA and go in and create bitmaps of the real Man U jersey. So you'd go to soccergaming.com and download the real authentic Man U jersey and patch your PC version of FIFA 98, and you'd have a more authentic, probably a little bit, you know, no no fees going to the clubs or to the sponsors, but you were able to get all the authentic um, sponsorship and proper kits and players into the game. Beautiful. And so that's, that's PC gaming we're talking back yep. then. And, and is that things like... When FIFA didn't own the rights, they'd have like David Beckham look alike in there, but they'd call him like David Buckman or something yeah, like that. that. Yeah, <laughs> that, those were those were the days. I think they might have just gotten the, what they call the this kind of delving into my background knowledge of how it all works. But the FIFA Pro license, which come with the names, they might have just got the names, but yeah, didn't have the independent leagues or the clubs on board at that point in time. Um, but yeah, that, that's classic video games, and from a sporting sense, isn't it? Those those names that you can tell who they are, but they've just got one or two characters wrong. They're almost you know they're fun, almost <laughs> humorous to read, aren't they? Social enterprise free to feed connects refugees, people seeking asylum, and new migrants to their communities using their skills and their delicious, delicious food. But when COVID hit, these community gatherings weren't possible anymore. By partnering with our packaging suppliers, Signet, Free to Feed were able to quickly move to online meal kits, which were boxed up and delivered safely to homes all over Australia. Free to Feed keeps on delivering for the community with the help of Signet. Visit signet.net.au forward slash blog to find out more. I understand that that journey led you to actually join the FIFA production team over in Canada. Yeah. How did yeah, all no, that, that link up? Yeah, and no, that was it was just um now looking back now, I just couldn't couldn't can't really believe it, but it's a dream come true for a for a young fella. So yeah, I'd, I'd run these websites and in essence I guess looking back I created the first ever FIFA community website and um a couple of smart people. I mean, shout out to a bloke by the name of Matt Bilby who was um young guy on the marketing team and he's I think he's like the executive, you know, he's in charge of marketing at EA now. So, but um he was the first person to kind of reach out and realize that this community actually had a genuine voice, that, that they actually were coming up with some good ideas and that was a great way to connect with real people playing the games. So I got to know Matt and he started talking to me a bit about, you know, what do people want to see in the next iteration of FIFA? And as opposed to seeing these requests as almost like a nuisance and complaints, he said, oh, wait, oh, this could actually be really constructive. And of course, these days, the community drives everything there is to do with everything, in particular video games. But Matt was the first to embrace that. So I got to know the team over in Canada. They'd, they'd fly me over to E3, the, the kind of the big conventions from time to time to showcase the game to me, realizing that I could go back to the community and talk up effectively that FIFA 99, FIFA 2000 was coming down the pipe. And um, over time, got to meet a few of the team in the production group. And I guess they saw something in a young 22-year-old that thought they could add a little bit of value. Um, very green, I must say, looking back myself at the time of, of what I delivered, but but naturally that it, it meant that they were getting some uh, you know kind of genuine ground level ideas coming in. So they they yeah flew me over there, 
over to Vancouver in Canada and um, would have been 2004 to join the team and, uh, yeah, became part of the group behind uh, a few iterations of FIFA over about a four-year period, which was a um, terrific exposure for myself, not just to be part of that group, but then just great exposure from a business sense to learn what it was like to work in a big corporate group. Uh, really helped me as well with delivering on milestones. Of course, being a publicly listed company, you've got to say there's a huge amount of pressure, or certainly back in those days at EA to deliver. You know, you can't tell Wall Street that um, FIFA's not coming out on time and that EA's missed their Q3 earnings by hmm. billion dollars. So you've got to get FIFA out the door on time. So I really learned um, the, the pros and cons of how to deliver on a, on a real tight time frame, which was um, great exposure at a young age. And now looking at where e-gaming has gone and are you kind of are you still in that world are you out of that world how do you feel about where e-gaming has evolved in those 15 to 20 years since yeah no it's 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 terrific and almost a little bit humbling and, and reassuring that i was onto something i didn't know what it was and i guess smarter people than myself have, have embraced it further and taken in, the, in that correct direction to, to create an entire massive industry off of this little nucleus of fan sites and forums and communities and, and grown them into this massive, massive beast of an entire industry. So now I'm still connected. Like, you know, th- this website eventually branched out to an, another whole website called Operation Sports that I ran for a number of years as well that was the biggest independent sports video. It's almost like the next evolution of just being about soccer video games. I was part of a group that built an entire network around sports video games as a whole, which was extremely exciting. That particular website got acquired by a rather large esports company called Enthusiast Gaming, who are really just knocking it out of the park. And if you want to, I don't know, buy some shares in a company with their, you know, their share prices just taking off, not quite doing a GameStop, but they're uh, going, they're going okay. Um, and they're 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 right in esports. They're, they've they've got three hundred million, you know, connected users. They've they've got they've bought esports teams. And they're building apps. And yeah, so I'm in, in part, mm. you know, I own some shares in that company through the sale of, of one of my, so I've, I remain connected. And, you know, hopefully you can see in what we're doing with UPay and that whole mindset of the, you know, the checkout being stuck in single player mode and us introducing multiplayer shopping, that type of gamer still, the fire still burning inside me for sure. I like the connection. Are you still playing games? Do you have time to play games? I try to. It's more me walking past my my uh, or my boy's room. He's eleven, and and watching him play Fortnite, and um, and realizing that I've I've lost it. So it's it's still just <laughs> FIFA. That's the only one that I can still hold my head up high and say that I can probably give him a run for them as money. But yeah, I've I've lost connection with the uh, the Fortnite world. But then again, it's exciting because of that little bit of a connection back to enthusiast gaming. Still, my boy will come out. So oh, I was watching, you know, Lockie stream and. You know, all these guys, I'm like, oh, cool, I kind of know who these people are because I'm seeing them, you know, mentioned in press releases from this esports company I've, I've got some ownership in. So, um, you know, it's, yeah. cool. it's, it's actually really cool to see my my boy kind of move into this next generation of gaming and almost a very similar age group to when that, that I was when mm. I first got exposed to it. And then do you use the thing like he'll be after a new game and he'll send you a UPay link to buy his next game and you go, mate, you've got to let me win a game first and then I'll I buy bet. it for you? Well, I was thinking, um, let me tell you, the, the one retailer that I want to get you pay into would be Sony and Epic Games because it is a pain in the bloody ass to have your PayPal account hooked up to your, your son's Sony account because then every now and then I'll get this email saying that someone's bought some V-Bucks. I'm like, what's happened here, mate? Like, oh, oops, I think I accidentally pressed a button. So what I then need to do is disconnect my PayPal account to make sure that doesn't happen. 
And then, but then when I do decide, okay, it's cool, mate, you can buy a few V-Bucks, I'm going to go back in and connect the bloody thing, which on a Sony PlayStation controller takes a week. So let me tell you, if, if Upay was integrated into Epic Games, that'd be a dream come true for me. You could send me a Upay link until the cows come home. I'd say no to half of them. But eventually, <laughs> if he's had a good week at school, I might click pay and uh, he'll get some V-Bucks. So um, hopefully someone from Epic's. He'll learn after a while, get dad on a Friday afternoon and they, they all get approved. That's right. Now he's already using that tactic. Don't, don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what's next for yourself and you, Pay? Obviously, you've got a lot in the pipeline that we talked about today. We've got Shopify um, releasing uh, mid-year. We've just had the, the venture capital raised. and We've got the app coming out for consumers soon. What's your focus area? It, you've, you've said it perfectly. It, it's exactly that. It's, um, I mean, it's obviously from a straight-up development perspective. It, it's launching on Shopify it's building the app, getting into the customer's hands to begin that flywheel effect I've mentioned. But at a more higher level, it's really defining that product market fit because you and I have already talked about, you know, probably 20 different directions that you pay can be taken. And so it's all about, of course, getting more customers on board, more merchants on board, listening to them and figuring out which direction we're going to take this in of, of the many directions that we could take you pay in. So it's just about, you know, making sure that we realize that I was given, you know, two ears and only one mouth for a reason. So I got to listen twice as much that um, than I speak. So a lot of listening at the moment and learning and refining our approach based off of uh, the, the feedback we get from both customers and retailers. Brilliant. Now, if anyone's listening to this and wants to get in touch, what are the kind of conversations that you want to have and um, how can people get in touch? Yeah, I mean, um, just connect with me on LinkedIn or the email address is simply matt at upay.ai. I haven't got upay.com just yet might have to fork out a bit for that one i think it's for sale but um yeah matt at upay.ai i'll certainly just find me on linkedin you know i'd just love to i'd love to speak to anybody relating to this space but in, in particular of course retailers are the big ones so you know the more retailers that straight out of the blocks offer upay fully integrated the more chances we have of customers being able to get exposure to it and use it um, so very open to all types of conversations, especially from people connected to the whole fintech and payment space, but in particular, any retailer, big or small, that may wish to offer an alternate checkout option, please reach out. Beautiful, Matt. It's very exciting. I love the idea um, and can't wait to follow it. And it's even better that it's out of Brisbane. So congratulations and uh, look forward to seeing further success. Yeah, thanks so much, Nathan. Awesome. Inspired? Intrigued? Jealous? Yep, I feel you and I feel all those emotions as well. What a brilliant idea and a fascinating ride that Matt and his team are going on. But I really think there's an interesting discussion to be had here around function first purpose. So when Matt first told me about the idea last year, I absolutely loved the story of his wife buying online and then passing her checkout over to him to simplify the gift giving experience. And maybe that says more about my bad gift-giving experiences than anything else. But I think it really holds up, whether it's authorizing video games for kids or signing off purchases for team members. It is simple and it just makes sense. So I was surprised when, in talking to Matt, that Upay are lifting this story up from function to be more purpose-driven. And the purpose that Matt was talking about is about being a safe payment option for future generations who have had easy credit made available to them. For me, and in this case, I think the use case rather than the purpose is the thing that gets me excited. But it's a good challenge, right, on whether we always need to be purpose-led 
or whether sometimes a good idea is just a bloody good idea. So I'd love to hear your thoughts. Shoot me an email on whether you think we can go to market with just function or whether we really do need that purpose behind us. Email through nathan at addtocart.com.au. Love to hear what you think. Before we go today, I want to give a shout out to Sasha and Fiona who dropped me a note via email to say that they've been listening to Add to Cart from the start, thank you, and have successfully launched their new business, Sand Dune Sunsets. What they've created is beautiful wicker picnic baskets, which they sell via a Shopify store, thank you sponsors, over on sanddunesunsets.com.au. Make sure you check them out and throw them some love if you're in the market for a wedding gift or just something beautiful to put in the back of your car to make the most of these beach days before winter hits. Thanks for listening, guys, and I'm so pumped for you and the Sand Dune Sunsets team. Hope you smash it out of the park. To finish up, I have three resources for you. Firstly, if you're a first-time listener of Add to Cart and you want to stay up to date with new episodes, head over to addtocart.com.au and you can sign up for our weekly newsletter. We'll let you know every time a new episode drops, as well as giving you my three takeaways from each episode and a link to the transcripts so you can know that this is an episode that you want to dive straight into. Secondly, if you want a weekly roundup of the best e-commerce case studies, tools, and research, sign up to the High Five Friday newsletter, which is delivered to inboxes at 8 a.m. every Friday morning. I read all the e-commerce news and send you the bits that I think you can take action from. Sign up at 12high12high.com.au forward slash high five. And the last thing, if you are looking to explore your next e-commerce opportunity, head over to esuitetalent.com.au. We are a dedicated e-commerce talent agency connecting the best e-commerce talent with the fastest growing brands. Check it out, sign up to the email and get in touch with me if you want to discuss your next move. Until next time, thanks for listening and keep those customers adding to cart.